Today, dear brothers and sisters, we have a very comforting message from the prophets of Isaiah, comfort for the uh, people of uh, Jerusalem, uh, that their time of reproach has come to an end. Uh, and uh, this comforting theme should really assist us and encourage us uh, to continue our journey with haste. That theme of haste continues to be in the liturgy today. Last week we prayed in the Collect of the Mass for the resolve to run forth with righteous deeds to meet the Christ. And today our Collect has us pray that no earthly undertaking would hinder those who set out in haste to meet your Son. You know, when I think of that prayer, I thought of the haste of the shepherds, you know, when the angels announced to them that they saw these angels and they announced to them the birth of the child in, in Bethlehem. And we read in the Gospel of Luke, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So we might ask ourselves, you know, how excited are we about encountering Christ, about seeking a deeper intimacy with Christ? How desirous are we of truly meeting him and in particular, are we amazed that he comes to us in the Holy Eucharist? His Eucharistic presence should really simply, you know, bowl us over. You know, we should be kind of head over heels, really. The fact that God our Father loves us so much that he sent his Son, and that his Son would want to remain with us in the Holy Eucharist so that we might be in his presence and we might have the most intimate encounters of all by receiving him in, 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 in Holy Communion, into our bodies, into our hearts. There should be a sense of, I can't wait to get to the church to pray before him truly present here in the tabernacle and to, to compose myself for Holy Communion, for Mass, to prepare for a worthy and recollected reception of him in Holy Communion. And we all know that we can put things before Christ, Ourselves, of course, ultimately. Sloth, laziness, food, um, the company we might be enjoying. We say, ah, I'll go later. Or sports. You know, the amount of time sometimes people spend on sports. I mean, whether the active sports, you know, doing it, which is good, of course. But, you know, last week we were having a discussion with the parents about the Sunday obligation and the question, well, what about if my... You know, a child has sports. I'd say, yeah? <laughs> well, you just tell the coach, no, got to go to mass. Uh, so won't be at the game or, the, or the, the practice. That's how it is. We put Christ before everything else. Or, um, you know, passively, you know, if you just watch soccer, soccer's over in 90 minutes, all right? But this football business goes on for hours. A game that could be over in one hour seems to go on for five hours or a day. And, and you all watch it. You know, give a day up, Super Bowl, whatever it is. I saw a meme recently of um, spectators in a stadium covered with ice and snow, you know, and there they were watching the game. And the comment was, if people are as committed to Christ as they were to that game, what, what, a, what an amazing world it would be. What a difference it would be. You know, I'm not trying to stop you from watching sports, you know, but just, just to get, just as an image, as it were. You know, as last week we were reminded by St. Paul that the grace of God that is bestowed upon us in Christ Jesus has as its purpose to keep us irreproachable on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we heard on Friday on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, that we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy, holy and without blemish before God, 
So today, St. Peter chimes in, backing up St. Paul and admonishes us to await the day of the Lord eager to be found without spot or blemish before him. Which is why we hear the prophecy of Isaiah, which is known as the fifth gospel, because apart from the gospels, there is no book that is read so much in the, in the church's liturgy than the prophecy of Isaiah, crying out that we must straighten out those things in our life that do not align with our natural and our supernatural calling, those things which make us less human and those things which impede a true intimate relationship with, with God. What rugged lands or rough country exist in our lives that need to be smoothed out? Are we hearing John the Baptist's message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins? All those people who flocked to John the Baptist acknowledge their sins publicly to him, as we must acknowledge ours before God, before one another, before Christ and the church's minister in confession. And so I return to our theme of the Holy Eucharist, as you know, the Archbishop has asked us to preach on this in the four Sundays of Advent. And particularly, I want us today to dwell a little on our preparation for the reception of Holy Communion. You know, as I recalled on Friday, none of us can, be, can declare ourselves irreproachable or without blemish as Our Lady was, so that she could be a worthy tabernacle for Christ. Yet the Lord desires that we receive him. And he desires to dwell in our bodies and hearts. And he tells us, indeed, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you have no life in you. But as the Catechism reminds us to respond to this invitation, we must prepare ourselves, uh, we must prepare ourselves for to eat the bread or drink the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner is to be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. And so we must examine ourselves lest we eat and drink judgment upon ourselves, as St. Paul tells us in his first letter to the Corinthians. St. Thomas Aquinas has that beautiful poem, The Sequence on the Feast of Corpus Christi, in which he describes how two people can come to receive the same sacrament of the Lord's body, yet with diverse ends. One will receive to eternal life, the other to eternal condemnation, depending on the dispositions of their souls. Therefore, anyone conscious, the Catechism tells us, of grave or mortal sin must receive the sacrament of reconciliation before coming to communion. You know, without hesitation, we all recite the words, Lord, I am not worthy. Say but the word, and my soul shall be healed. And in one of the Eastern liturgies, the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, the faithful together pray before Holy Communion, I will not kiss you with Judas's kiss, but like the good thief, I cry, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That our reception of Holy Communion may not be like Judas kissing Jesus and betraying him. And so we should take care over our preparation, knowing that this is a matter of life and death for us. Many Catholics, so the Poles tell us, believe, seem to believe that the Eucharist is only symbolic, that it's not truly Jesus' body and blood, and regarding this, Bishop Robert Barron, whom I'm sure most of you know is that great bishop of the mass media, internet, you know, uh, Ascension Press, Word on Fire, um, he's fond of quoting an American novelist, Flannery O'Connor, who apparently said, and she's a good, she was a good Catholic, she said, you know, if the Eucharist is only symbolic, then to hell with it. <laughs> you know, it's what's the point if it's only symbolic? Right, it's Bishop Robert Barron quoting Flannery O'Connor. 
You know, what does it matter? Why, is it, why should we bother? What, 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 should, what should we be eager about? And one could say the same about other things of our faith. If what St. Peter describes today is the day of the Lord coming as a thief and the dissolution of the elements by fire and the discovery and revelation of everything done on earth, which is the final judgment of all mankind, when all our deeds will be revealed, if that's just symbolic talk, to hell with it. There's no point. Our faith would make no sense. We may as well just live for today. As the gospel according to John Lennon has it. You can imagine. You know, what a depressing song. Yeah, there's no heaven or hell, so just live for today. Nothing else. Only sky. You know, but it does matter, doesn't it? We might think that this is a, a presentation of, of a gospel of fear, but St. Peter concludes the reading that we had today, telling us rather that our eagerness to be found without spot or blemish will fill us with peace. We will find us at peace with God, with ourselves, and the world. Whether the world accepts or rejects us, nothing can take away the peace that Christ gives us. And this peace is what we receive by the dissolution by fire, that fire of the Holy Spirit that dissolves our old ways and by which we become a new creation. The Catechism tells us our eagerness for union with Jesus in Holy Communion will lead us to prepare for worthy reception of the Eucharist by observing the fast required by the Church and even being attentive to our bodily demeanor, gestures, clothing, which ought to convey the respect, solemnity, and joy of this moment when Christ becomes our guest. I mentioned in the bulletin the use of prayers that help us to prepare uh, with the right dispositions you know, for the Mass. And you know, Some of you have this beautiful book, The Daily Roman Missal. I encourage you to get one if you don't have one. But if you can't, well, at least there are the pew missals. If you arrive early uh, and compose yourself, you'll find prayers that will help you and me too, have the right dispositions of, as some of the prayers put it, fear and trembling, because we're sinners relying on Jesus' mercy and goodness, as wounded but desiring healing, trusting in the great love of him who was crucified for mankind. You know, St. Gregory the Great speaks of, uh, to priests who you know, complain that they're distracted in Mass, and it's because they haven't prepared themselves. And he asked them, well, what were you thinking about in the sacristy? What were you talking about? What were you thinking about or conversing about on the way to the church for Mass? Probably those earthly undertakings that we prayed about in the collect that hinder us from setting out in haste to meet God's Son. We need already to be casting out the thoughts and distractions of those earthly undertakings so that we may not be hindered from setting out in haste to meet God's Son as we come to Mass and receive him in Holy Communion. So really today, just that invitation to examine the eagerness with which we run to meet Jesus in Holy Communion and what we're prepared to give up and, and put to one side so that he may find a straight path into our hearts. And especially an invitation to make use of the Sacrament of Reconciliation of Confession through which we receive as the words of absolution state, both pardon, which is the cleansing and healing of the reproach and blemish of our sins, and peace. As the priest says over us, through the ministry of the church, may God grant you pardon and peace. 
And I absolve you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.